Welcome to the Lively Joy Podcast. Learn how to live your best life with host Sherry McDonald. She believes that every person has the right to be healthy and have a life that they love. Sherry, along with her guest, will help you live your best life by talking about everything from the latest health topics, how to find your passion, longevity, so you can live your best life longer, shifting your mindset, and more. And now, your host, Sherry. Hey friends, today's topic is about quality talk, how to communicate better. Very interesting conversation. Our guest today is Kristen Bordage, and she is an associate professor and chair of the Department of Education at Otterbein User University. She is also an author. I will link her book in the show notes. She currently teaches literacy to teachers and faculties professional development for K through 12, teachers in literacy methods, curriculum design, project-based learning, and discussion approaches. Kristen studies classroom talk and discussion. Her research has appeared in publications such as Language Arts, Language and Education, Chapters and Edited Text, and the National Reading Conference Yearbook. Kristen presents her work at professional education conferences at state and national levels. So this information is amazing and you can use it anywhere. You can use it in relationships with family, with friends, with clients. Um, So I hope you um, learned something from this uh, podcast and let's just get started. Hello, Kristen. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Sherry. Thanks for having me. Really glad to be here. Yeah, so um, when we were out on the water the other day in the kayaks, um, we had some interesting conversation, and um, I just was very interested in the quality talk that you told me about and the book that you've written about quality talk and communication, and it was interesting. I, I know for a fact that I'm not a good communicator in my personal life or my business. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm terrible, but I'm I, I need to work on that. So um, I'm very interested in uh, hearing what you have to say about the communication. And uh, so go ahead and um, tell us about who you are yeah. and your qualifications. And then we can talk about how you can help us communicate better. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you again for having me. And uh, yes, I'm very invested in the idea of quality talk, which is a set of communication tools to help uh, students and teachers communicate in the classroom. So I am a professor of language and literacy education. um, And I also am a curriculum administrator. So a longtime educator and really have spent, um, you know, the better part of 15 years studying the way teachers and students communicate together um, and the, the quality of their talk and how the quality of their talk can really enhance the learning opportunities in the classroom. So I define my work as uh, mostly for and with teachers so that they have access to this knowledge. Um, the research behind this idea that talk influences learning is very strong. Um, you know, the better part of 20 years Um, education scholars have been digging into what it means to support students with communication tools to grow their learning, to enhance what um, what they know and to deepen their understanding. So it's a passion of mine. Um, I've been studying it a very long time. And yes, I did co-author a text. My co-author is Dr. Ian Wilkinson at Ohio State. 
and he was my advisor when I was a graduate student at Ohio State, and he was the one who introduced me uh, to this concept and really content. Once we know that communication tools have um, names, we can label them, we can start using them and have quality talk in our own lives. So we're taking something that is, um, you know, uh, has emerged out of classroom context and um, thinking about it in terms of our own interactions with whomever in our own personal lives. So knowing the communication tools or the, the features of the quality talk, I personally have um, a set of tools that I use when I'm talking with anyone, my partner, my friends, my colleagues, my um, people I meet, acquaintances. So um, it's definitely a set of tools that we can use in or outside of the classroom. So I think I, uh, when I'm around you, I better be careful about how I say things. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. I never evaluate. Other, you know, I know, it's, not, I know. it's not that at all. It's just, I'm grateful that these communication tools have influenced my mm -hmm. everyday interactions. I think I would say in the last 15 years or so, knowing this way of communicating has enhanced my communication. So it's been positive for me, not just for my work with teachers and students and classrooms, but also for me as a, as a human, as a person that I can be a better communicator. And when I think when we're better communicators, at least from my point of view, not in the classroom, not teaching, um, it's, it just, it, I feel stable. I feel like it's just, I'm on an, you know, kind of even keel when I communicate well with others, especially if those conversations are sometimes challenging or difficult, or there's, there's maybe a difference of point of view. Um, you know, we have these conversations all the time. And, and when we do, having a set of tools helps me find that stability so that it emotionally, I'm stronger, I think, for having them and using them. Well, I'm hoping that after listening to what you have to say about that, that I can, you know, think of at least think about when I'm in my thing is I don't, I don't speak my truth and maybe it's not my truth. I don't speak what's in my head. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and I just feel, you know, if I had better way of communicating, maybe then I would be better at saying what I need to say instead of keeping it in my head. Yeah, definitely. I think that if you feel confident, and I think that's what you're saying, yes. when you feel confident with the way you're engaging in a conversation, especially as if it is one that where there's a different point of view, or maybe it's a challenging topic for you. Um, I too am like that. I, I tend to be the one to hold back and to not share, but the, the communication tools that I'm going to share have provided me with that confidence to, to be able to, to ask a question, to dig a little deeper, to um, really overall remove emotion from the conversation and the experience. So I think that's for me personally, again, and I think a lot of people share this when we are engaging with our emotions, when we're having a conversation that may be challenging or difficult, or again, a different point of view that we're faced with, um, that can be, um, hard, hard on our emotional states. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. And so how do we, how do we remove some of that with communication tools? That's been my, my big question for using this classroom concept in my own personal life. It has transferred from what we do in classrooms with kids and, and teachers, which is exciting and interesting, but I find it very interesting to think about how I use these tools in my everyday life. 
Great. And you said you have three tools that you're going to teach us today. Yeah. So okay, I have three, three tools and they're, they're ones that I think I use all the time. So I was reflecting before coming here today on which tools I, I tend to find myself using um, and routinely kind of drawing on. Um, in the book and in classroom environments, I think we have nine or 10, might even be 12. I mean, I mean, there's about a dozen different communication tools. So I decided that on reflection, using three uh, in my everyday conversations might be helpful to share. That might be a, the next book. Yeah. Communication for real people. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Maybe, maybe we can take it. I'll talk to my co-author and see if we can do a next version, a next edition. But yeah. So, uh, so yeah, and I welcome your feedback. Like, again, this has been in my head and it has informed my life for the last um, 15 years or so. And, and so I, um, I know colleagues who share this uh, way of teaching will say the same thing. I have, uh, you know, colleagues who are now friends who, when we reflect together on this communication style, we're always commenting on, oh, I'm so glad I have that talk mover. I'm so glad I know how to ask that question. And wow. it's mm -hmm. been, um, I think those who are really steeped in it, it's been positive for personal lives. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So what's the first okay. tool? The first one. Um, the first one in, in the book and in, in classroom context, we call clarify. And that's been very helpful in my own, um, again, my own personal experiences and, and conversations. So when we clarify, um, oftentimes in a, in a conversation, we're engaging with, um, especially if it, let, let's keep the context where the conversation is maybe a difficult one, maybe for a different difference of opinion, or um, oftentimes between family members or partners or sometimes friends, um, we're trying to, uh, we want the other person to see our point of view, right? We want them to, right. to know our point of view. And so these can sometimes be those conversations that have a little tension in them. So that's our context. So in the, those moments of dialogue, um, you know, we want to clarify, we're trying to understand that other point of view. The whole premise, underlying premise of this is to be reasonable, to use reasons to articulate our point of view. When we're reasonable, we are keeping our emotions at bay. Um, so we're always thinking about that underlying all of these tools. So the first tool is to clarify, um, perhaps our own thinking as we're talking and then, and then the person who we're, we're talking with. And so, um, people are sometimes thinking as they're talking. I do that all the time. I do you too. Know? I'm like, I'm, I'm trying mm -hmm. to get something out and I'm trying to like, and so I'm thinking, and so mm -hmm. it's a little muddy and mm -hmm. that's okay. That's part of what it means to have dialogue is that it's not, you know, well-formed, you know, when we write, it's very different. We have a draft, we can revise it, we can edit it, we can go back to it. It gets cleaner mm -hmm. and dialogue. It's not like that. We are sort of making it up on the fly as we go. And so when we're having a discussion, we want to clarify. And the move is simply to say, so are you saying this about whatever the topic? So we were talking in the kayak about your recent conversation with your daughter, which we um, will share just generally for our context. And yeah, that, do you yeah. want to share it? Yeah. yeah well, I, I, I would love to hear what you have to say about it. But we just had a conversation about, you know, I told her I was getting vaccinated and I didn't really want to get vaccinated. Um, 
and and she was saying, "Mom, I don't understand. Why don't you want to get vaccinated?" And it just I don't know. I just I I didn't think about it at the time, but you know what I wanted to say, I just got mad because she was not mad, but kind of like upset that she was even questioning me. It's, you know, because she believes, you know, it's, you got to keep other people safe as well, which I, I do. And I'll wear a mask anytime. I'm not afraid to wear a mask. And the vaccination thing has nothing to do with any politics or anything like that. It's about my own personal, what am I putting in my body? Mm-hmm. I've never gotten a flu shot. I don't get any other vaccines. I'm like that with my dog. You know, I just feel like I don't know what's in that vaccine and I don't want, I'm very particular, you know, I use all clean organic products as much as possible. So it's not just the vaccine, it's other things that I put in my body as well, even though I put sugar in my body, maybe too much, but <laughs> that's besides the <laughs> I point. I do too. Yeah, that's, that <laughs> but, um, that's my you know, dilemma. you can't be perfect and that's yeah. where, you know. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. you, yeah. you were really talking me through that. So I'll mm-hmm. let you, because you described it better on, you know, what we were talking about the vaccine thing. And Right. Well, thank you for setting up that, that example and that story of your own personal life. And I appreciate you sharing it because I think that's the kind of conversation where these communication tools matter. So back to the clarifying tool, um, you know, where it, it, you know, if your daughter is sharing her point of view on why you should get boosted and why you should um, take take what you've already done to the next step, to the next next um, measure, um, you would say something simply uh, as, you know, so when you're saying this, are you saying that, um, you know, my one vaccination wasn't enough? You know, so uh, and in that context that you share, that's a way of probing for the reasons. That's how we stay rational and stay true to rationality in a conversation that may have some tension in it. And as we try to sort it out together collaboratively, you're working with your daughter in this case, in that scenario, because you're trying to, to extend um, you know, your thinking into hers to say, you know, I think you're saying this, I just want to make sure. And this is, um, you know, this, I think a lot of people know this one that we want to, you know, restate, we want to be an active listener and kind of restate but I see it as more collaborative. Like I'm working with you. If I say, I think I hear you saying this, is that right? Do I have it right? That kind of um, talk move um, is this idea of using the tool of clarifying. And we're clarifying with the intention of looking for reasons. We wanna make sure we get those reasons, in this case of your daughter, correct. So you can build on that. You can move together in the dialogue when you clarify the reasons. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but I think I let my emotions get in there and then I just don't want to talk about it. It's like, just drop it because, you know, this is what I believe and this is what I want to do and I don't want to talk about it anymore. (laughs) And that's fair too. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not, um, you know, I'm not, I'm an expert in classroom spaces and dialogue in in classroom spaces. And, you know, I I, um, respect those who study this in, in adult conversations and, I'm not claiming to, you know, to know everything there is to know about, um, you know, these kinds of interactions. But um, I do think that in my own personal experience, seeking those reasons through clarifying is an important tool. It helps me try to work with that individual and it shows them, I think, um, that I'm working with you. So I hear you saying this. I want to make sure I get it right. I mean, that's, that's the idea is that I'm trying to find those reasons. That's what keeps me in the moment, focused on being rational. And I think that makes the other person more comfortable. I think if I would have 
talked more about it with her Mm -hmm. and said that, then she would have felt like, okay, now I get it. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really, um, you know, I didn't want to go there. So I didn't say it again, all about the communications. And like you said, you have to ask those questions. So that's what I'm hoping to, to learn to be yeah. better. And then, you know, when we do this in schools, that's right. where my expertise is. is in, but in still, the, it carries over. It does because in schools, what we want, we want um, teachers and children to do is to be able to clarify each other's thinking so that they can build on. We grow ideas through building on right. to what others have said. So if we're, if we're just constantly in this, um, you know, I have my position, you have your position and that's it. There's no, there's no movement there together. But if I clarify, if kids clarify or the teacher clarifies, they can develop ideas together. So you can develop that idea around, in this case, in your scenario with your daughter around when to vaccinate, when not to, and when, you know, when to, Mm -hmm. when does it matter? When does it not? I mean, that was really the kind of the underlying ideas there that you were trying to sort out together. Yeah. Um, So clarify is the communication tool. Okay. Um, we feature it in, in the book, Quality Talk, uh, for kids, certainly. And um, again, I'm drawing on that experience to, to make the claim that this is, this is helpful in a lot of contexts and scenarios and in our own everyday conversations. Oh, yeah. And I like the way you say build on it. Mm-hmm. Because it, if you just stay down here, mm-hmm. then, you know, then it's not going to go anywhere. But if you can build on it and you can talk it out, then, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's going to end up a lot better. Yeah. You, you have to go beyond a fixed position right. if you want to move forward in dialogue. And I think sometimes, um, you know, I have to I have to work hard at this. It's not, you know, there's you know, I have strong views. I'm a, I have, <laughs> Me too. I have, I have, you know, thought through a lot of things. I'm a thinker. I think all the time. And so I'm like, I'm, I come to a conversation where I'm like, I've thought through this, um, but letting ourselves, um, work collaboratively with our, uh, you know, daughter, partner, coworker, you know, whatever that, com- wherever that conversation is taking place is, I think, um, positive. We grow that way. We, we ourselves learn and grow um, when we let ourselves do that through clarification. Yeah. Great. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. I'm learning. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, you ready for the second? Yes. Okay. The second tool that I use all the time, uh, again, from the classroom context, taking it into the everyday, uh, out of classroom context is the idea of, um, um, asking for reasons. So again, the premise, the underlying presence, presence of all of this is that we're, trying to draw out reasons so that we are being reasonable. We want, we tell um, teachers and students in, in the book and when we do professional development for teachers that we want to find the most reasonable answer to something like that's our goal when we use these tools. And so likewise, you know, I want, I want to seek those reasons. I want to understand them so we can clarify to get at it. Right. And we can also ask for reasons. It's just, I call it a call for reasons. So um, oftentimes, back to your scenario, if you don't mind. No, I um, think examples helps me understand. It yeah. Better. So um, back to your example, you know, if, if your daughter says, this is what I think, you have to be, you know, the, you know, the medical field says, science says we have to get boosted, then we should get boosted. You know, um, 
you know, a reply to that for reasons is like, well, okay, I hear what you're saying there. Yes, that has been what the CDC has suggested, but is that true for everyone? Or how do you know that's true for me? Um, and so as soon as you ask a question that, that those are two questions that are asking for reasons, I call it a call for reasons. Um, then you're, you're giving that person, um, I think the, the possibility of building on to that. So yeah, the CDC says that, but is that, is that in all cases, is that true for everyone? Is that, how do you know that? Is that, is that something that, um, the CDC has, you know, explained everything for someone who's, um, you know, kind of taking my perspective on this. Right. So I think, um, I don't know if that's a super example, but that's, that's the one I'm thinking about. Just that idea of how do you know that? Is that true? Right. Yeah. Is that true for everyone? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is it sufficient to have one vaccine, but not the boosters? Like, are we um, protecting others, protecting ourselves with the, the single um, dose of the vaccination? So just asking those questions um, reveals those reasons. And it gives that other person a chance. Again, sometimes they're they're thinking as they're talking. So it right. kind of slows yeah. it down. Right. Okay. And kind of going back mm-hmm. to what's our premise here. We want to, you know, have this dialogue, uh, this conversation that may have tension in it and focus on the reasoning to, to help us move forward. Even though you so, might not agree with that reasoning, but <laughs> you might not agree, but yeah, like, so, but, but I know what you're saying, well, here's another example. I'll give you one yeah, more example. So, example. um, so this idea of call for reasons, another tool in the book, we call it something else, but there, there, there's a backstory there and it would take too long. Um, so we'll simply say call for reasons. Um, my partner and I were talking about a window in my kitchen. And so my window, I bought the house years ago for the window. I love my kitchen window. Uh, I don't know if you can picture it. Yeah, I can. It's beautiful. It's old and it's just got that charming. It it takes up a whole corner of the kitchen and it's from the fifties and it's still the metal, you know, like the old metal and it has, um, you know, a a crank out casement style on one side. And anyway, the point is I really like the window and it lets in all the nice, you know, Southern light and it, I'm drawn to light in my own environment. So it's just been, you know, it's positive for me. And my partner is a curtain person, a blind person. And right now there's nothing on that window. It's just the window. And I think the window speaks for itself for, for the environment. Just right. It, sure. It just has that fifties charm, you know, that when people say, oh, those older houses had charm, this is an example. And so we were talking just the other day and we were talking about how he, he'd like to put a curtain on it or a blind on it um, because um, the back neighbors on the back end of our yard, they turn on a light on their deck, their backyard, and the light sort of shines through the window. Ah. Now, it doesn't bother me because it's usually at night and I'm not up and around and in the kitchen at night. Um, and uh, there's a lot of trees in the backyard, so right, it's not yeah. like this. So anyway, we have a very different point of view. Like I just see it as no, this is like the main feature of the house, and he's seen it as like, and he's like, well, th- his reason was they can, um, well, they can see into our house when they turn their deck light on, and if we have our kitchen light on, they can definitely see us in the kitchen, and so that is a reason. But I'm wondering, like, well, what is really, uh, sometimes we don't say everything there is. Like, there's sometimes 
uh, uh, something else there driving that just because the neighbors like what's really the point of that. And so I said to him, I used, I'm like, okay, I'm going to use my communication tool. I'm going to call for reasons. There's something unstated there. A lot of times when we're having discussions, we don't say every reason. We say maybe a main one or one that jumps out. Like for him, we need, we need curtains. Mm -hmm. That was his claim on that window because the neighbors can see in reason, right? That wasn't enough reason. No, because there's something else <laughs> okay. there. Like okay. why? And so like, there's something there that's connecting those two pieces. So I said, I said to him, so I'm wondering, so I'm kind of clarifying, but I'm also calling for reasons. I'm wondering if you think what really matters there is that, are we safer if neighbors can't see us? Or mm -hmm. is there something about us being vulnerable that is really the, the mm -hmm. problem there? Yeah. He didn't state that. But I'm wondering, like, what is it like the neighbors? And honestly, in my opinion, with the leaves and the trees in the backyard, it's not, um, you know, something where they 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 might be able to see us. But did you um, say that to him? Um, I did earlier in the conversation. But when I finally when I finally got to the point of him saying we need curtains or blind because the neighbors can see in, I'm like, oh, so you think there's something about safety there? That's really that's really what matters. And he said, yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. And so, okay. so we didn't and, say it in the beginning. Right. No, because he just kept huh. saying, we need to put blinds up. We need to put, and, that, and then I was giving him my position. No, I bought this house for the beautiful window. It's so charming. You know, and I'm just, <laughs> I'm like, not doing it. Yeah. I'm like, no, we don't need blinds. And um, so, so when I just slowed myself down, and that's what these communication do, tools do, I think, and they do in the classroom, and I'm noticing they do it in my own, they slow me down. Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, I bought the house seven years ago and the window was a major factor. So for me, it's like, this is a no brainer. Like I love that window. And for him, it was something more about safety and security and being put in a vulnerable situation. So we had a good conversation about it. And, um, and then I shared what I was really, um, driving at that for me, my environment really matters. And this, this is a key part of that kitchen that I just love and I enjoy and at this point, it becomes, well, which is more reasonable, right? Is it the safety and which security? One, which one are you <laughs> <Yeah>. going to do? <laughs> well, we kind of, we had a good, we brought it down, you know, from that, just kind of each standing our ground, which uh -huh. is how the conversation started. And um, then we, you know, brought it down. And I, when I asked that, so you think our safety is at stake? That was the underlying reason. Um, he said, yes. Um, I said, okay, well, we can talk about that. Maybe there's something with a blind where we can pull it up and I can just see the window. I don't think curtains is a good look because it'll close off that look of the window. And he agreed to that. So if I had a blind and we can, if that lights on on their deck, we can pull the blind. And the rest of the time you see the window because it's Yeah, because the blind then yeah. would be straight up and there wouldn't be curtains hanging over that. You know, when you're talking and when you're saying all that, I'm most people would have stopped at I want this, you know, I, I want to look at my window. No, I want the blinds. And then you get in this argument, but it never gets that deep. So what you're saying and what you're talking about is helping everyone to communicate better. And if we did go further into it, like why, you know, let's <laughs> communicate a little bit more and talk a little bit more yeah. about that to figure out, you know, the reasons and how we can work together to, to make it work. Yeah, I think that that's what I think that tool does. So it's like that calling for reasons. So it's really in this case, looking for something that you think is there and is unstated. 
I guess it really is looking for the unstated reason. Like a lot of times when we share our thinking, we give sort of, again, that main blaring reason that we have that is helping us support our, our, our opinion, our idea, or, um, but there's usually something underneath that, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's, that's also lurking there. It's unstated. That's very common in dialogue is to have reasons that are just assumed. I, he just assumed I knew safety was really at the core of that idea that the neighbors can see in. Um, so, you know, mm -hmm. pulling that out with that communication tool um, is helpful. That one's hard. I've really practiced that one because that you have to really listen. Yeah. Listen very carefully. Like, yeah. What is beneath this? You know, Instead you of just being judgmental, like, why would you want to do that? Or, you know, I, I can definitely see that one being really important. And in, in relationships, especially, you mm -hmm. know, when you're living with someone and you want to change something or, you yeah. know, any, any, any way, you know, I, it's very I, important. Yeah. I can't speak to every relationship, but in my own, in my adult life. Yeah. These are the conversations yeah. that um, at least for me, occur a lot are pretty frequent. And, um, you know, the tools have helped me, I think, be a better, a better communicator, certainly, but in some ways, a better partner, you know, instead sure. of, you know, this going to, oh, my gosh, no way, and then hurting feelings. And, yeah. oh, she's not really listening to yeah. me could have been an outcome. And yeah. um, it, it slows it down. And it might seem to some like, oh, they're just talking about window and curtains. But again, these are those everyday things when you share a life with someone that I, I do think at least um, creep up in, in uh, my interactions. Okay, so the third uh, communication tool, um, there's this idea of um, trying to understand alternatives. So again, back to reasons, we're trying to be reasonable, we're trying to draw out reasons in our, in our own dialogue and in the person who we're having a conversation with, we want to try to draw out their reasoning. When we do that, we're moving forward together. So um, seeking alternatives is another way to draw out more reasons um, so that we're, uh, again, trying to understand whatever it is we're talking about, in this case, from a different perspective. So back to the window treatment idea. I have my perspective, love the window. <laughs> my partner had his perspective. Safety is a big issue here and I can get behind safety. That's where we move forward in that dialogue. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, if there's a, a, another perspective here on this, um, you know, this is where we, we might wanna say, well, what about this? Like, what about times when um, in the summer when there are so many leaves, like, is it okay to, you know, never pull that blind. Like it's just looking at like these scenarios and these other alternatives to that main point that we're talking about. That's probably not the best example because there's not a lot of alternative perspectives. The vaccine though, there are a lot of a ton of alternative <laughs> perspectives. Like uh, this might be a time back to that scenario okay. where you might ask, well, what is, what is, your husband think about this or what is what do your clients think about this like this is where you're now pulling in other points of view to help move those ideas upward grow those ideas together so you're looking at other reasons to help you understand and sort out the topic does that make sense the it, vaccine is a better it example. makes sense but to me it's i think more confusing because you know i got my husband who says you know it's your body you do what you want you know he gets all the vaccines 
you know? So, and he's, he's fine with that. I'm fine with you do what you want. And, you know, we have respect for that. I probably would have gotten vaccinated anyway, you know, the Mm -hmm. the vaccine because so many people were dying and sick and I didn't want to get anybody sick if I got sick. So including my husband. Yeah, I think, yes, you're right. There is more of an evaluative um, kind of orientation to the idea of trying to get alternative points of view. So I think maybe in the discussion or the conversation, if it's done with, um, you know, kind of that, again, you're trying to, to sort out the topic or whatever it is you're talking about with reasons, pulling in those other perspectives can be helpful. Maybe yeah. it's how it's said in the, you know, I wouldn't lead with, well, what about your husband? I mean, it's sometimes it's how it's said or right, how it's sure. Um, so if I'm your daughter talking to you, I'm, I'm worried about your, um, you know, your, uh, vaccination status, I might say, well, have you thought about everyone else? Um, and that, that again, can draw out additional reasons to help, help move forward. Um, this one we use in the classroom quite a bit because, um, uh, we're trying, especially when students are talking about text books, they're reading, we want them to be able to understand the different characters, the different perspectives they have that deepens their interpretation and comprehension of text. So that's how this idea of Mm. discussing alternative points of view um, started. Um, And so maybe these aren't two great examples, the windows (laughs) or the the vaccines, but there are times where I will draw on this idea of a communication tool to help, again, sort out um, that conversation topic with alternative points of view what would so-and-so say how would is that true for everyone is that true for this person is that true and so you're really trying to again elicit different points of view to help you with your own i i'm listening to what you're saying and you know what i'm thinking about is something similar but it's might be totally off is you know we're we're doing a remodel and we have this fireplace mm-hmm. and I don't know what to do with it. So like I'm asking this yeah. person and I'm asking this person and I'm asking this person, you know, and I'm getting different views and different. And and that's kind of what I think you're talking about is like, you know, listening to each person and then maybe coming to a consensus maybe, or. Yeah. It helps you. It helps you check your own point of view. So when you're entertaining other perspectives or other points of view, you are um, clarifying your own. So okay. in a yeah, way, it's right. another way of clarifying. Yeah. It's just, um, you know, it depends on the context and what you're talking about, obviously, if it's important. But um, I I do this even without asking the question. I'm, I, I think when you know this as a tool um, for being reasonable on, you know, whatever it is you're, you're working on, um, you just start doing that naturally, start entertaining other points of view. Um, so is that, you know, in your case in the gym, we haven't talked about this in the, with a scenario, but it, you know, maybe you make a decision. I'm totally making this up, but make a decision <laughs> no, in the policy and the new policy in the gym, right? Okay. Yeah. And this might be a, a, a communication tool where if you're talking about it with someone, maybe it's your um, trainer who here, who is here the most. Mm-hmm. So you're discussing right. this new policy. Um, this might be something that, um, you know, he or she might say to you, well, have you thought about um, maybe the people who, um, have ch- need childcare, or have you thought of maybe people who have to get home, you know, straight away cause they lose childcare at a certain time. Like, is that, 
you know, is that going to be good for them? Um, totally making this up. No, that's <laughs> like, good. It's good. It's but it's example. that yeah, other perspective, sure. right? It's that other perspective that you want to pull in and, and, and to it's, help I you think, make a better decision. Yeah. I think it's our obligation mm -hmm. as people who, um, you know, want to talk with this focus on reasons to use this communication tool so that we're getting to those best, most reasonable answers on things. So hopefully your listeners can kind of picture a policy change. This happens a lot and sure. just kind of thinking through the different perspectives of the clients and, um, you know, really asking questions around their perspectives on the policy change in this case. That was a good one. I think that was helpful. Yeah, it's yeah. better than the, the other two examples. Yeah, examples are helpful to learn these things. So that's it. Those are the three big communication tools. So clarifying with that so question, that's a, that just pops out of my mouth because I, I know it and I say it a lot. So what are you saying or how are you? So I think you're saying this. Do I have it right? Really, really good at clarifying the reasons, helping that person, slowing them, slowing the dialogue down so they can share their thinking, they're thinking as they're talking and that's hard to do. So right. like, that move is very gracious in ways. It's kind of saying like, okay, let, let, let me make sure I got this. Let, do I have this right? And that gives them that pause to be able to, yeah, I do mean that or no, not actually, no, I really want to say this. And that usually is the outcome of, um, that, uh, communication tool or talk move. And then the, the call for reasons and looking for the unstated reason, that one is, um, again, one I've practiced for the most. I have to think about that one. We're so used to just kind of listening to other people talking. They're assuming that we're with them on right. the reasoning. And so mm -hmm. there are unstated assumptions there that we want to try to pull out and, and ask for. Um, so that one is, that one I think is, probably my best one in terms of what it does right it, right I in agree, this case yeah. with my partner it said i'm with you on safety i agree with you it let us move forward together back to that window example so that's a good one and then finally getting those different perspectives um kind of checking reasons for other people's points of view if if whatever it is you're talking about affects other people right well thank you very much yeah thank yeah, you I've this learned was, a lot and I'm, gonna, I, I'm, I'm thinking in my how i'm going to use some of these tools and i'm i mean it's interesting so yeah, interesting think, to do it again not i think it takes be, practice it does take practice and that's what we say to teachers that's where my expertise is in the classroom so what i'm sharing is just how i've adapted these communication tools in my own personal life. So definitely not a, a, an expert at, at the adult conversations, but we tell teachers, this is practice. We, you know, kind of, we, we teach it with having them on an index card or some kind of like a whiteboard right oh, next to them. I wouldn't say that for ourselves, right, but, sure. but it does take practice. To right. Point. Yeah. 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 And, and your book they can find on Amazon. Yeah, is that correct? It is quality. Talk about text. Okay, uh, great. Wilkinson is the co-author Ian Wilkinson and myself um, with uh, Heinemann. So yeah, book okay. for teachers, but yeah. yeah. But I think anybody can use it and I will put that um, information in the show notes. Yeah. So sure. everybody can find yeah. you. Thank you. But thanks again for yeah. being on. All right. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thank you for taking your time to listen to the Lively Joy podcast. Check out the show notes below with links mentioned in this episode. And please take a moment to subscribe. That helps others find the show.
Feel free to share this podcast with your family and friends. And if you'd like, you can also follow us on social media. See the links below. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you next time with more on living your best life.